mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a psychotherapist. My name is Brooke Brigham, and I'm an attorney. And I'm Tess Brigham. I'm a therapist. And today, we're here to talk about Britney Spears and yes. the conservatorship that uh, has been in the news. <clears throat> and where we're at now today. Because we've heard everything. We, Britney is definitely what's been going on with her. It's None of it's a secret <laughs> by any means. It's out in the world and people are talking about it constantly. We really wanted to talk about it from the perspective of legally, how did she get into this conservatorship? How did this happen? Um, why did this happen? And um, where and sort of where we are today and what we're seeing from Britney today, because what I really think what we're seeing with Britney now that post-conservatorship is someone who is battling with PTSD and trauma and trying to figure out how to get herself through it and process it. That's my take. But um, do you want to get into the conservatorship and what was going on at that time and what happened? And Yeah, so basically this was in 2007, 2008. Um, Britney Spears had two children back to back mm -hmm. i think they're a year apart um she was having trouble with her husband kevin federline she had filed for divorce i think maybe even before her second child was born yeah i think so um and she was exhibiting some troubling behavior behavior like she was photographed driving with her son, Sean, in her lap mm -hmm. in the car. But she later explained that she was trying to get away from the paparazzi and she was just trying to get out mm -hmm. of the way. And and that, you know, maybe let's start with the paparazzi. You know, they just hounded her. Mm -hmm. They just hounded her. You know, there's video footage of it. 
this one time she went into a 7-Eleven to try to use the bathroom and literally like 50 paparazzi came into the 7-Eleven and were hounding her. She couldn't Mm -hmm. even walk out. And that was how she was living her life. You know, she couldn't go out. Anytime she went out, there were 50 paparazzi waiting, following her. And it was a little Princess Mm Diana-like And then when she had her kids, she had these babies with her, and then it just became unsafe. Um, And so she was struggling probably with postpartum depression. Yes. Um, Just being this person who's in a fishbowl and being harassed all of the time. Mm -hmm. Her marriage is uh, falling apart, and she's having basically a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. And her family tried to help by, well, I don't know if this really helped, but she was involuntarily committed uh, on a 5150, which is the California Welfare Institutions Code. 5150 allows the police to take you into custody if they believe you're a danger to yourself or others. For 72 hours. For 72 hours. And if if they can't find a reason to detain you they have to let you go and it's a pretty it's pretty hard to keep someone yeah as uh, someone who has gone to the hospital many times myself as part of my jobs and had to assess somebody basically you know that person if you were an adult over the age of 18 and you're saying and i've seen both sides of this um if you're saying i don't want to be committed you cannot legally commit them i can't unless they show me that they have some sort of um danger to self or others but when you're meeting someone just in hospital all you have is what they're telling you you don't have this long history so even even still you know what happens a lot of times families get involved and they will get someone to they might 5150 someone and um maybe their loved one will stay a day or two in the hospital maybe they'll do the 72 hours but after that, they're released, and there's very little you can do. Once your child is an adult, they're an adult, and they can make their own decisions. Parents right. are pretty powerless. So, yeah, she was having a, a major mental health crisis. Yes. Yes. And we all remember she, you know, she shaved her head. She got into an altercation with a paparazzi and hit his car with an umbrella, which, I mean... Seriously, in and of itself, people mm-hmm. made so such a big deal about that umbrella thing. Meanwhile, you have people like Alec Baldwin out punching photographers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sean you know, Penn was punching photographers before yeah. it was a thing. Yeah, Hitting someone's car with an umbrella. Again, I know we always it always comes back to good old sexism. Yeah, you know, women are treated differently. They are not allowed to be angry. They um, are not allowed to be upset. If they are, then they're crazy. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with them. She was, um, you know, judged for her parenting Mm -hmm. so so harshly as women are always being judged. And this just all escalated and just spiraled out of control to the point where she lost custody of her two young sons. And she was just in a, a very bad place. And I think she may have been medicate self-medicating using substances i don't know but that was her what her family was claiming mm-hmm. and so they did something that was is very unusual and they applied for what well, was spearheaded i think by her father i don't know how much her mother was involved she's now blaming her mother for it but anyway they petitioned the court first for a temporary conservatorship so 
what the law requires is that to get a well there's two parts of the conservatorship there's the conservatorship of the person and of the estate and estate basically just means your assets your financial affairs conservatorship of the person basically strips someone of all of their autonomy mm-hmm. um the conservator has the power to decide where they live what medical care they get whether or not they can get married, whether or not they can drive, whether or not they can do anything. And so it's it's very, very restrictive, obviously. And so you have to show that the proposed conservatee, Brittany, is unable to properly provide for her personal needs for physical health, food, clothing, and shelter. And for the financial part, you have to show that um, she's substantially unable to manage her financial resources, or to resist fraud or undue influence. And that was another thing I think her family was very concerned about um, people getting their hands Mm -hmm. on her money when she's in this very bad state. And she had a manager, former manager named Sam Lufty, who the family did not like. And I think they thought that he was just going to take all of her money. Mm -hmm. I think that Sadly, I think this was more financially motivated. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Than sure any, was. anything else. So, you know, they, as part of the process, they had to get a doctor to sign a declaration basically saying all these things. Yeah. That she was unable to care for herself, blah, blah, blah. So they managed to get this, and it's extremely, extremely rare. Usually these conservatorships are for people who have dementia, Alzheimer's, extremely elderly um, you know, cognitively impaired, disabled, you know, you don't see young, healthy mm-hmm. um, people who can work. And of mm-hmm. course, we know Brittany can work. She worked throughout the entire conservatorship and made millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just very unusual, you know, never have seen another case even remotely close to this. But somehow this happened. And I believe that behind the scenes that her family was using her children as a wedge to, you know, keep her from protesting, get her mm-hmm. to go along with this, whatever, not fight it, mm-hmm. you know, because she could have fought it in, in court. And I, I don't really think she did. Uh, I can't find any evidence, you know, mm-hmm. that there was any sort of contested Hearing, I think she just let it go because they were holding her kids over her head. If she ever wanted to, see, she'd already lost custody. Yeah. If she wanted to have any kind of visitation or anything, she had to go along with the program. Yeah. Well, I listened to the recent twenty-two minute um, audio that she put out, and I have to say, you know, when you read the audio, it seems like she's very all over the place and scattered and. Um, like reading one of her Instagram posts, but she sounds very clear, mm-hmm. very calm, very straightforward. I think the best that I've heard her sound in a long time. And she gets into that and she talks, she she talks about what those first, you know, how this all came about. And it, I really get the sense when I was hearing her talk that it was almost this thing of a dream, like, oh, okay, now I'm doing this. Okay. And now I'm here. And and they had took they had taken her to and made her go into this um, rehab facility for a couple weeks, and I think it was kind of like okay, I'll just do this rehab thing, and then I'll be out. Like I think 
I got the sense, I could be wrong, but I got the sense in the beginning, it was almost like, okay, I think they probably told her, well, if you'd get to here, we'll let you go. Right. Or if you get to here, and I bet you anything, they said, well, if you clean up your act. Yeah, they just kept like moving going, the goalposts. Yeah. yeah. If you clean up your act and you get it together, we'll, we'll let you out of this conservatorship and you'll have, you know, you'll have, you'll be able to see your boys. And then she talked about how there was one time where she pushed back about a dance move. It was just about a dance move. She pushed back. Then someone found out that she was pushing back and everything shut down and she was off again into some facility, you know, for right. another two weeks and drugged up and all of that. So it was like every time she, you know, pushed a little bit, it was like, oh, it's so bad. And this is what we do to people. You know, this is what they do to prisoners. This is what you do to people in um, these kinds of, you know, horrible marriages and relationships is the minute the person seems to be getting a bit of a backbone. You do something to punish them so much that they know never to do that again. Well, and she was quite literally imprisoned yeah. by her father. Her, I'll just say up front, her father committed just a complete abuse of, mm -hmm. of his power. Because the conservator, they have to use the least restrictive means mm -hmm. to help the conservatee so yeah they're there to help them and but but you, but if the whatever the conservatee can do for themselves you have to let them yes you can't just take away like any ability to do anything which is what he did he mm -hmm. hired this security team um it was called black box oh god black box something which was a security team who basically kept her prisoner mm -hmm. like kept an eye on her I feel like they just had, you know, guards around the house. Mm -hmm. She couldn't leave. She couldn't drive herself anywhere. She couldn't have a cell phone. Mm -hmm. um, if she did, if if she was able to use a cell phone, it was very restricted. They would block all kinds mm -hmm. of things. So she couldn't get on Instagram and that kind of stuff. Um, they, you know, they would, if she went out in public, they would take her. She was never alone. Mm -hmm. She was... She couldn't do anything. She really was a prisoner. And and she talked in this 22-minute thing about no one would believe me. And I think that's the thing. A lot of times you would think, well, you were performing on these stages. Couldn't you just say, hey, hello, I'm being held hostage. Someone help me. And I think that she felt like the world thinks I am. And I bet you anything, her father and all these people around her were feeding this. The world thinks you're crazy. The world thinks right. this. No one's going to believe you. You know, you're, 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 you're not okay to take care of yourself. I mean... I think that it, these things happen and they are very, very gradual. That's why I think that in the beginning, they created these parameters for her that were like made her go along with it until she realized, until she was brainwashed or until she got to the point where she felt like I have no power. No one's going to believe me. No one cares, which is why the, the free Britney movement, um, I think almost gave her the, I think, gave her the confidence to say, oh, the world doesn't think I'm crazy. Right. Like, people do see what's going on here. People do care about me. I do have fans. So maybe I should speak up for myself. Yeah, I, th I think she also said she was embarrassed. Yeah. Um, yeah, all these feelings of mm -hmm. trying not to rock the boat. She doesn't want to do anything that will have her contact with her kids cut off. Yeah. You know, yeah, very much, like, so much manipulation going mm -hmm. on. And, yeah, you, it's almost like that Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You know, you start to yeah. sympathize with your captors and you just go along with it. But, 
yeah, she she was <laughs> she went on to to have three or four number one albums mm -hmm. immediately World after tours. the the same year the, mm -hmm. the conservatorship was put in place. She dropped a number one album, and then the next year, and the that was the thing. Those albums were doing well, so there was this this belief in the culture and the zeitgeist was see Britney does need this like this is a good thing her father interfering is a good thing but none of us knew the extent at which she had no right life. I think we thought she had a life yeah I, she, I assume she had a life because before that all we saw was her on tv you know with her head shaved yeah and, melting and, down and, t and again once again horrible news coverage mm -hmm. portraying her to be just out of control. Yeah. And then all of a sudden her father steps in and, oh, look, she's successful again. Mm -hmm. And everything's back to normal. Yes. But it was just all a facade. Yes. Yes. So one question that keeps, I keep trying to figure out is, I always read and heard that Brittany was diagnosed with bipolar, but is that really even true? Because personally, I I see now where I see what's going on with her now and I'm like, well, this isn't mental. This is this is trauma. This is PTSD. This is something else. I've never I don't know where this bipolar diagnosis has gotten from. And I'm wondering if this is this fake diagnosis that the family was able to. But again, even if you have bipolar, that doesn't mean that you get into a conservatorship. I mean, right. you know Well they, yeah, if we put every person who had mental illness or substance abuse problems in a conservatorship but half the country would be yes i mean you just don't do that to somebody and yeah we don't know because her medical records are all private obviously i i've never heard of that bipolar um diagnosis but you know they could have found a doctor to say anything yeah and clearly they did yeah be which is what and that's the part that's really surprising is i've worked with over the years people who have had either a child or a sibling who is an adult but has a serious mental illness. Um, and bipolar untreated can be very, very serious because in the manic phases, people can are incredibly impulsive. So that's usually where things start to go haywire. And, um, and they tried everything under the sun to try to get their loved one help, and they could not. So this is the part that is... I don't know if it was a combination of money or finding the right people, the right attorneys, but it wasn't just Jamie Spears. Like Jamie Spears had to have gotten a doctor to sign off on this. Right. Get a judge approved A this. judge. Like it wasn't, he might be the train driver, but there were a lot of people that hopped on that train to support that. And if, and basically, you know, violated her, um, her, her human rights. rights. Her human rights. They took away but all also, of her rights. But also, person. not only violating, you know, human rights, but breaking the law and breaking your oath. I mean, as in a doctor, the, you know, all of these people that are part of this, the psychiatrist. And all a lawyer. Them. You know, uh -huh. she did have her own lawyer. That I, was appointed by them. Appoint, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he was court appointed or found by her father. I'm not really sure. But my gosh, he sure did stand by mm -hmm. and stay silent for 13 years. I yeah. don't know why he wasn't advocating more Because he was paid by. I think that was the issue. And so with this new judgment, with everything that's going on now, she got a new lawyer. Right. That was part of the issue was that her lawyer was being paid for by, you know, was 
under the influence of whatever Jamie well, Spears was doing. I also heard in one of these documentaries, they were saying that maybe her lawyer was afraid to fight back too much because of like what you were talking about, like a retaliation. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he pushes and he's pushing on her behalf, mm-hmm. then it could come back to bite her and they could retaliate against her. Yeah. But I think that's also, you know, some of it too is I think that Me Too and a lot of these movements have helped tremendously, right? That part of it was at that time in 2008, 2009, 2010, that people were still, we still had the same ideas. We still, we weren't thinking, um, we weren't talking about the misogyny of what was happening to Britney, what was happening to these young women at the time. So some of this too is, the brief, the free Britney movement came about at the right time, you know, and maybe there've been people who correct me that have been trying to get her released for 13 years prior to all of this that, you know, weren't talked about, but having, having me too, having what's happened in our culture and, and all of that in the last five or six years helped tremendously to get her out of this. Yeah. And also I was, I was pretty surprised once that so the, the New York Times um, did a documentary mm-hmm. that um, frame, it was called Framing Britney Spears. I don't really understand the name, Framing. I don't get it. But anyway, um, yeah, that documentary just got people so fired oh, yeah. up. And I was very surprised how quickly it moved. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things about the law is that once the court makes an order good luck trying to get it changed. You know, it's very hard to get any kind of order overturned, especially something where you're talking about custody or, you know, conservatorships, guardianships, that area. It's very, very hard once you're in it to Mm -hmm. get out of it. And the court actually moved pretty quickly. And I, I mean, I think because it was exposed to the world Mm -hmm. and people were outraged, you know, and, the the judge involved in I would like to know more about this judge you know judge had to sign off on all of this stuff all along for all of these years mm-hmm. and so I was very surprised how quickly it just went away yeah you know they first made some you know her father stepped down as her personal conservator and then eventually he was out altogether. And then, you know, just kind of step by step. Mm-hmm. But it it kind of crumbled within a few months. And then yeah. she was completely free of it. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of unheard of. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, you know, unless there's some dramatic thing, which mm-hmm. was the whole free Britney movement. Without that, she would probably still yeah. be. Well, in many ways, that you have to think about it like um, someone who's been falsely accused and then gets released from prison. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, this thing happens. Well, that usually takes decades. I know. <laughs> well, but this thing happens and... And then the person's released and there's this idea of, okay, they're released, here we go. And, you know, she's out on her own. And I think what we're seeing now is someone who is trying to figure out very much like how to be out on her own. You know, she's 40 years old. Her life's been controlled in many different ways for more than the more than just the conservatorship years, but beforehand. Yeah, ever since she became a celebrity. And um, so I think what we 
we're seeing right now as somebody who is just trying to figure out how to be in the world. Yeah, she's very traumatized, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her growth is pretty stunted because mm-hmm. she hasn't been living as an as an adult. As an, as an adult, yeah. pro, you know. For a very long time, if ever. Um, and so that's why when people criticize the her just kind of standing there in her outfits and sh- showing outfits and all of this kind of stuff. And, oh, my God, it's a beautiful day and this and that. It's like, yeah, she is in many ways. She's a 40-year-old, but she's also very, very young. She's a child. Yeah, she talks like a teenager. You know, and she, yeah, she talks like a teenager. She, the, these actions are very much like a teenager. Um, it doesn't surprise me that her new husband is 27. I think kind of like it sort of makes a good match. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she'd be a good match with someone who was in their forties as well. Um, and you know, just the things that she finds interesting and fun and, and all of that it's, she is very stunted, but this is a part that's not talked about. Um, cause I was listening to this interview with the wife of, um, Damon Eccles, one of the West Memphis three, right. Um, she saw, you know, the famous West Memphis three, the three boys that were, um, falsely imprisoned for murdering years. classmate. No, 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 were... murdering three young boys. Oh, okay. And it was a horrible, horrible thing. And these kids yeah. were railroaded and they, it's, that's a whole other horrible yeah. story of took advantage of someone with, um, low intelligence and got them to confess. It's a whole thing. But Damien Eccles from ages 18 or 17, 18 to 36, 37, 38 was on death row, which means he was in a small box, 20 some odd hours, 23 hours and a half a day. And so I was listening to an interview with the wife and the wife talked about how it took a good 10 years for him to really, like she said one time she walked around the corner, he just like got triggered, like almost on guard because she said that for 18 years, he had to be on guard, like life or death, um, you know, they talk about it in the in the in um, the documentaries about what happened to him in prison and really awful things happened to him. And, you know, um, so you're on guard. You're on guard for you, you've had to be on guard for two decades. And so it takes a long time for that to wear off. And I think that's what I keep saying. Like, that's what we're seeing now is it's hard to explain it. It's a different kind of on guard, but it is this sort of I think we are watching her in real time because of social media try to make sense of everything that has happened. And sometimes she's angry, sometimes she's okay, sometimes she, you know, right? Like, this is why we see her emotions moving yeah. in so and, many different ways because she's trying to, like, process it all. And she probably thought, I'm sure, that, oh, as soon as I'm out from under this conservatorship, I can, you know, be a mom again. Mm-hmm. You know, because she... She missed out on the chance of really parenting her her boys. I'm sure she thought she could just sort of pick up where she left off or something, you know, and of course that, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And this is an extremely difficult situation for her sons that doesn't seem to be being handled very well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, her, her ex-husband is, you know, I'm not quite sure what his end game here is but he's he's you know he's putting them up to things i think yeah i don't i don't know quite what's going on there i watched the two videos of her like yelling at her kids her sons and i have to say i probably said those things too i mean 
I, I don't know, the boys were 12 and 13, mom's yelling at you. Like, th there's not a mom in the world that hasn't yelled or said things in that way that you really regret and that you wish you hadn't said or you wish you hadn't raised your voice or you wish you had said it in a different way. And I think this is one of the pieces about the world that we live in today of, of everything being videotaped, right? right? Um, everything being recorded all the time because to quote Dorinda, <laughs> you know... What is it? Um, right, what is it? So say, say it, it forget it, write, write it, it, regret it. <laughs> you know, which what, I have never heard that, before. That's words of wisdom. Yes, right that, there. That, that is some words of wisdom. Which is when we just sort of say things, things are let go. But when they're written and recorded, right. they stay in and they become permanent. And it's much harder for people to move on or or. Well, and again, you know, let's have some empathy. Maybe her parenting skills aren't the best because she hasn't been allowed to parent. Yes. She yes. hasn't been allowed to practice and, you know, and and learn yeah. how to parent. Mm -hmm. You know, because, yeah, there was one time when she came into their room when they were in bed getting ready to sleep and she wanted to put lotion on them. Yeah, that I thought was That odd. was strange. But, again, probably because she had little to no parenting experience. And I'm sure in that moment in time, she probably felt like, I'm just going to come in here and put this lotion on, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And then it becomes, we've all had those parenting moments where you think something's going to be real simple, and then right. it becomes a whole thing. And it's hard sometimes with your kid when they push back on you, you feel like, should I just relent? Should I push back? You know, it's hard. So I think the other part of it too, and what she was saying in those videos was, um, you know, you've got to respect me. I'm your mom. Treat me this way. And I think that's the part that's really tricky for everybody is she hasn't been allowed to be a mom this whole time. She has been supporting them. I think that's the other part of it, too, is financially she's been supporting Kevin and everybody. Supporting and everybody. everybody. <clears throat> but she hasn't had a chance to be a mom. She has, a, she has a strained relationship with her boys. The boys, who I feel like are getting unnecessary criticism because, like, oh, they didn't come to the wedding. And it was like, I think the sense that I get is I think that the I think, again, you don't forget Jamie Spears and the mother, I forgot her name, Lynn, Lynn, you know, these are also their grandparents, you know, all of the people, this is their, Jamie Lynn's their aunt, you know, these are, these are family members. And I think that the sense that I get is the boys probably, nobody else in the family was invited except for the two boys. And they don't know her husband. And they don't know, so, yeah. so they're 14, well, they're 15 and 16. So you're 15, 16 no, old boys. Okay, I think they're younger than that, but. No, they're 15, 16 okay. now. So, but, but even if, like last year, say they were 14, uh -huh. 15, right? So two 14 and 15 year old boys where you have a strained relationship with your mother, you can't go with anybody that you know, they want you to go to a wedding at her house by yourselves. Like, I, my son barely leaves the goddamn house half the time. <laughs> I can't get him to do anything. Um, or like, there's no way I could get, you know, you just have to think about it from that perspective, being 14 and like, you don't want to go to your mom's wedding, right? No well, one else is it going. Also, it was a very bizarre wedding oh, where, with so Madonna and Paris Hilton and, you know, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> it was quite a... It was it was strange, but I think I think that the boys felt uncomfortable going because nobody else in the family was going, and I think they feel torn. I think these boys now feel torn between their two parents, between these two families. You know, there's this family that they he they know and they they care about, and you've got to understand 
that Kevin Federline is their father and been the primary caretaker right. of them. So these are kids. Like, even though you think, oh, they have all the money in the world, they're children and they are doing what they need to do to survive. And what they need to do to survive is pick a parent and get through it. And that's what the young, what one of the sons is saying. It's just kind of like, I'm just kind of trying to live my life right. here. And, you know, I wish my mom the best, but I don't know her. Right. You know, I don't know yeah, her very that's so well. Sad. That's why that's why I and said I think that she, she thought she could just yeah she thought it was she just going to go back to well it never was I mean she lost custody when they were babies, but that was the other thing I one of my notes is she's trying to reconnect at really a tough age yeah. 14, 15 year old boys maybe yeah. if they were girls it would be different but I have a fourteen year old almost fifteen year old at home it's like this is a weird age for boys it is not a great time to connect and. Again, if they were seven and eight, it would be very different. If they were 22 and 23, it would yeah. be very different. It's just the timing of it um, they don't is understand. so yeah. hard. And, and so the thing is, the sons, their safe place is their life with Kevin. And going to Brittany's wedding, that didn't feel safe to them. And so anyway, I, I'm a firm believer that she we're seeing her process her trauma. We're seeing her you know, figure out how to be in the world. Um, and I just want to read this quote, which is like, trauma is not what happened, but what continues to happen because of the event, how to continue to respond to the trick and how you continue to respond to the triggers of that event. So even though she is no longer in the conservatorship, doesn't mean that Brittany feels safe. Right. Doesn't mean that she is whole or, or where she is. And so I think that what unfortunately is happening is I don't think they should be using social media as a way of talking about all of this. But I think she feels like my guess would be is that I've had no voice for so long. Right. Now I'm going to have a voice and she's processing it all. And we're seeing what, and I think people see her and think, oh my God, she's still a mess. She's still this, she's well, still she's that. Defend, like, she's defending herself. She's just trying to figure out how to find yeah. herself in all of she's this. She's never been able to defend herself. Yeah, speak exactly. Out. And yeah, and in fact, when she addressed the court, there was a court hearing where she called in mm -hmm. and, you know, she uh, addressed the court. And she was talking really fast because I think she was trying, yeah. trying to get out. She felt like she needed to she wanted to get out everything she wanted yeah. to say. She was very coherent. Mm -hmm. She was very specific about what it was about the conservatorship that she felt was unfair. Mm -hmm. very, it, was, it was a pretty coherent statement. She yeah. was very direct and, you know, really um, had it together. But then you're right. Like, but what we're seeing now is now that it's over, mm -hmm. you know, now what? Now her thoughts, I think, are a lot more jumbled or you know yeah, not really and I mean, clear she's she has all these pictures of her like half naked and put you know all of that kind of stuff and i know that people have feelings about that and it's like again she wasn't allowed to express herself like again this is a girl that was sexualized at 16 17 oh earlier than that, that yeah sexualized very very early was you know you know, there for the male gaze at, you know, whatever age she was. And then she was crazy and nutty. And then she was in this conservatorship. I think she's trying to kind of figure out like, what's, what am I, you know, what's my sexuality? I want to pose. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be free. And I can understand her for her kids feeling a little embarrassed by that. Right. But it doesn't seem like there's anyone 
over at Kevin Federline's house who's sort of explaining to these boys why she's doing what well, she's doing. Well, that's the thing that's such a shame is that I... They can all afford therapy. Yeah, they should all be... These boys they should, should be in all, therapy. They should all be. Kevin should be in therapy. Exactly. Everybody, Everybody should be Everybody in therapy. Everybody should be work, trying to work through this. Yeah. You know? Family therapy... All of it. They, they 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 have no reason not to be working on all this stuff. Yeah, and Kevin Federline, he really should be trying to be friendly and cooperative because, um, you know, once those kids are 18, she doesn't have to give him yeah. any money. I heard that he gets like $60,000 a month. Oh, wow. Well, I hope he's been saving that money. <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't work. Because he now has, I think, a total of six children. Yeah. And... He doesn't work, and he just lives off of Brittany's money. Yeah. You know? Well, but the thing is, hold on, but he couldn't really work because he had these two boys full-time. I don't I don't begrudge Kevin Federline for not working. Oh, no, I'm just saying he has, I'm not I'm not criticizing yeah. him for that. I'm just saying he has no other source of yes. income. It's not yes. like when this money gets cut off, he has a thriving dance career to go back yeah. to or something. No, no, I, hopefully he's been thinking through what he's going to do once, once those boys turn 18, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like right now we're not seeing the best of Kevin Federline. Again, Kevin Federline was also a young guy when they met, thrown into the spotlight. You know, so much of this is is young people making a lot of choices and decisions that have now affected them and right. are continuing to affect them. That's why, personally, nobody should be having... Um, Getting married, having children. I mean, this is the part about biology that's so hard, right? Is by the time you're ready to ha get married and have children, bio biologically, it's harder to have kids. But personally, I think people need to wait as long as you can wait because it is so hard. It's very hard. And that's the thing with Brittany. If, I can't remember how old she was when she had her first child, but she wasn't. I don't know what, like early twenties. Yeah, she had to be twenty, mid twenties, somewhere in there, which you know that's not that young. But if she had had a normal life, yeah, and she had learned, you know, she had gone through the stages of life, yeah. in a normal way, then she could have handled it. But yeah. she just had no, she had no life skills, yeah, because she had never had a normal life. I think that's the part that's hard is is that you see her on stage and it's like, yeah, she can. She can belt out all these tunes and she can dance for two to three hours and she can perform and she can put on a smiling face. But yeah, there's lots of things that she cannot do because that's not the thing that she's been investing her time and energy in because she was like a little worker machine, you know? Yeah. She was like a little, um, you know, keep going, Brittany, keep going, keep making money. Yeah, and and she did and she was paying for you know, she's basically been supporting her family all this time, her yeah. entire family. And, um, yeah. Well, Brittany, if you're out there, <laughs> oh. we care about you. We see you. You're going to get through this. You'll get to the other side. You'll I get there. So. I hope you so. You will get there. I worry for her. I do. this... It is. It's just so sad what happened it to is. her. Well, and it's just you see her now and you're like, okay, now this is great. You're 40. Like, be. Like, go live. You know, you want to see. I hate, that's why I hate seeing all of the back and forth of everything that's going on. It's like, God, I hope you're enjoying your life. I hope you're, you know, I almost just want her to move to a foreign country or something and 
just be for a while and just live and enjoy her world. But obviously she wants to be near her children and all of that. So, well, and I hope, you know, it still bothers me to no end that this was allowed to, this conservatorship was allowed to happen and went on for so long because, you know, the court system is, you know, they had to have periodic reviews Mm -hmm. of this. They had, you know, they have court investigators who go and are supposed to investigate, see what's happening and report back to the court. And this is just another example of, you know, celebrity Mm -hmm. where if you're a celebrity, like the normal rules don't apply to you. Mm -hmm. If this was any other person, somebody along the way would have said, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, it's it would have been stopped. And in the wake of all of this, um, California has passed a law with some conservatorship reform, which um, I don't, probably doesn't go far enough, but basically now a conservator of the estate over $1 million must register as a professional and get training. Mm -hmm. Conservatives have more control over their legal representation. That's good. And there's now a penalty of $50,000 for a conservator who has not acted in the best interest of their client. Okay. The Britney Spears clause. The Britney Spears clause. And that's, like I said at the beginning, her father just committed egregious, egregious acts. And the fact that nobody... Nobody said this isn't right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It... It's amazing to me because, you know, I've done conservatorship cases and they're not easy. It's not easy Mm -hmm. to get a conservatorship. It has to be a very extreme situation and the court looks at it very closely. And for this to just kind of sail on through is Well, and it's also obviously, and they talk about this in the New York Times framing Britney Spears, um show is just the misogyny of we watched Robert Downey Jr. melting down. Yeah. We, that guy was melting down a good chunk of the 90s yeah. into the early aughts. We were watching Shia LaBeouf melt down. We're watching Alec Baldwin has to yeah. melt down. Kanye West. Kanye, oh, there we go. Kanye West is a great example of someone who is melting down. And I just saw this the other day because right now Kanye West is you know battling it out with Kim Kardashian and posting all of their text messages. And someone was talking about the difference between how we see Kanye West's messages and how we see Britney's, you know, messages to her family. Like how dare, you know, people take this attitude of Britney needs to be, you know, better to her mom or, or why is she so mad? All of this kind of stuff. And then Kanye can expose really private messages and, and just really kind of ridicule and laugh at his ex, at his ex's mom. Um, but that's okay. Because he's exposing right. the truth or he's, you know, doing or he's oh, a genius. But it's it it's not okay for Brittany to be mad at her mom for not saving her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? How did it, her mom, her sister, her brother, maybe they I were, think they're, they're all, all on the pay- payroll. Yeah. yeah. I the, think the thing was, my guess would be, is I think that... I think that Lynn Spears didn't know the extent of how bad things were. But I also think it's one of those things where she probably could have investigated or fought a little bit more. And 
but didn't push it because of the money. Because I think each of these people, I think they cared about her. I think they, they saw it, but I think they also probably were like, if I rock this boat, will I get thrown off the payroll? Like mm -hmm. if I try to say something or expose something or do something like, where is my income? And this family has been so used to living off of her and her money that they were probably frightened to, um, to insert themselves. And then I think then Lynn Spears goes back and tells herself, oh, well, this is really what's best for her. I mean, I think that's how she sleeps at night is believing that what she did was the best for her daughter. When in actuality, I think, there's another part of her that probably knows she should have interfered. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that instead of Lynn Spears, she just keeps saying to Brittany, you know, Brittany, I tried to do this. I tried to do that. It's like, you know what, Lynn, why don't you just say, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm really, really sorry. This happened to you. I'm really sorry. This happened to you. This should not have happened to you. And I'm sorry. I sorry. didn't do more. I'm sorry. I didn't do more. I'm sorry. All of them, Jamie Lynn, I'm sorry. You know, just say you're sorry. Like, and, and, and in many ways, that's what she's, she just wants you to acknowledge the truth, acknowledge, acknowledge her truth. This is her truth. And all she wants you to do is acknowledge it because she wants to be seen and heard because she hasn't been for a long time. That's it. Yes. So we see you, Brittany. We see you, Brittany. <laughs> we love you. Yes. You can get through this girl. Leave Brittany alone. Please. All right. So do you have anything else on Brittany or are you good? I think that's that's enough. Okay, so please uh, hit the subscribe button, follow us, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll be getting um, TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff down the road. So, But right now, your two jobs are to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review. If you're not going to give us a five-star review, please don't give us a review. Yes, just don't <laughs> listen again. Just, just keep if, moving on. If by. you don't like us, that's fine. Yeah, but don't, don't no, give us a terrible No review. hard feelings. Just All right, on. we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.